Hi, everybody. It's good old J.R. Jim Ross, a member of multiple halls of fame and the voice of AEW Wrestling. And you're listening to Bad Medicine Podcast, and you're going to like it. Merry New Year! Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you for correcting my English with stinks. I am Nanja Ibuko, exchange student from Cameroon. Ha 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 Happy New Year! And all around the world. Why would Wasn't he, he go back to coaching? Last night? Where did Ohio State Urban and uh, Myers, Clemson play? Urban Myers been spotted hanging out with uh, some Cowboys people. Oh, boy. Maybe he was uh, hanging out with those young ladies like Jerry like Jones Jerry does. Jones does. Jesus, <laughs> guy. Well, and then he has his son-in-law, you know, clean his glasses off for him because <laughs> he can't. Weird. That was weird. Well, he probably makes like six figures doing that job. <laughs> I, would, I would love <laughs> He makes what we make in a lifetime. Can you just imagine glasses. Yeah. <laughs> telling your buddies. It's a bit of a weird job. But uh, <laughs> grandpa's, uh, Grandpa has me follow him around to clean his glasses off. But he pays me six figures, so I deal with it. <laughs> well, that was an old uh, on Chappelle bit. He had a... It was the umbrella guy for P. Diddy. There was just a guy that, <laughs> that followed him so around with an umbrella. umbrella. <laughs> oh. Speaking of P. Diddy, I saw that Tyson Fury was getting ready to have a rematch again. Oh, that was the first yeah. I heard of him. Since yeah. SmackDown. Since SmackDown. I didn't know the guy actually did anything other than making appearances on WWE programming. Yeah, he whoops the shit out of some That's people. That's what I hear. He's got that reach. He's the real deal. Yeah, he's like six it's fucking like Dolph, seven. Dolph, 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 or what's his name on Dolph Street Lundgren? Fighter? No, on oh. Street Fighter. That Drago. <laughs> I must break you And not only must I break you I must come to you live From the 13th floor Of Nakatomi Plaza That's right we got our new sponsors On the hook Mr. Takagi came through uh, That's actually Yoshihiro Takagi Came through Yoshi? with our new sponsorship And we are pleased to be with you on the last Bad Medicine podcast of the year. We are nestled in the heart of the Fox Valley and once again overlooking the crystal clear, pristine, no longer frozen waters of Lake Winnebago. There's only one, and you found us. This is the Bad Medicine Podcast. Woo! Nakatomi oh, overlooking the... Winnebago. That's Good. right. I like it. Yeah. Today was actually a good one out you there, know, folks. Did you hear, there were some shots fired on line. On Christmas Eve, wasn't there? There the may plaza? have been. I caught a line in Die Hard, and I only noticed it for the first time since I watched it this week when uh, John McClane first meets Mr. Takagi, and uh, he says, I didn't know you guys uh, celebrated Christmas in Japan. And he says, we're flexible. Pearl Harbor didn't work out, so we're going to get you with video cassettes. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> fucking believe he said that, and I never caught it before. It's a little, it's a little offensive. <laughs> that's that's what I thought. And I only 80s. caught it because I had the closed captioning on. Oh, God, it was. You could do, you could do a lot you of different get away stuff with that, in the 80s, but uh, it's not like. And they both just shared a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> God. 
I would think Pearl Harbor jokes, even in the 80s, would be pretty offensive. That would seem a, a bit soon. I got to go to Pearl Harbor when I was in Hawaii. I'm seeing a, a show in 2017. That was awesome. When do uh, you get your media passes for us to go to Hawaii? To go to Hawaii? Uh, uh, yeah. working, uh, we're working on seeing if uh, Andrew's actually allowed in Hawaii. Oh, he'll be fine. So uh, He's I'm, finally I'm allowed in Canada. I'm just not allowed in other countries. Yeah, he, oh. he can go to You're Canada, allowed in Canada, Canada now. Yeah. It's yeah. past five years. Okay. All right. Good. Awesome. Good. Good. Awesome. Let's go to Canada. Let's Gotta watch out it. for the Mounties. We can, we can look up <laughs> Nelson. The Mount Me? The Mount Me Men? <laughs> Jesus. We talk about Lars Sullivan? Jesus. I was going to work it in there. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody's Christmas? Everybody have a good Christmas? Oh, we, get Christmas. A, we get a lot of gifts that we liked. Uh, <laughs> any Nintendo entertainment systems, Quinn? I tell you what, there is not a Christmas that. And it's nobody's fault. It's nobody's <laughs> fault that they can't compete with that Christmas. But, uh, you know, I've come to the point now where my real enjoyment comes from giving and uh, giving the best gifts. I have a bit of a friendly rivalry with other members in my family, and I pride myself on giving the best gifts. Oh, yeah. He was bragging to me, like, look at this. I got him. Look I at think that. that's look a, at I, this. I think He's that's just a, so happy. I think it's a real thing, you know? Like, I'm, I, so I don't have any kids of my own yet. And so I'm Bet still like that. Correct. <laughs> pretty sure nobody's come knocking on my door yet, Andrew. Thank you. Hopefully, Mr. Oak, Mr. Oak. hopefully my fiance isn't willow. listening. Thank you, Andrew. Kid looks just uh, like you. God damn it! Until the podcast goes national, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that t- joke is older than the Grand Canyon. Until a raptor comes oh, in the mail. No, a little kid comes uh, to your door with 24-inch pythons. Yeah, I'm only five. But no, it's it's a real thing, like competitive gift giving. You know, like as the, I try to be the cool uncle, you know, because my brothers and sisters are all cool, but you know, kids think that their parents are nerds, you know, and I can still be like the cool uncle. And so, getting like cool gifts is like that's my thing, you know. Oh, that's been my thing, and and not that you want your nieces and nephews to get less cool gifts from everybody else. You want them to be happy with the amount of gifts that they get and the gifts they do receive. But yeah, there's a little bit of pride yeah. in uh, you yeah, know being the uncle that's uh, you know p- picking out the gifts that they they go for first. You know, after the kids tear all the gifts open, there's always like that one or two they want out of the box. You keep your fingers crossed <laughs> that's that that's yours. that that's your gift. Yeah, hey, what a, what about that one over there? What a, hey, why don't we open yeah, that? You but forget uh, about that one. It's over there. No, it was it was kind of the same way with Just me. Um, you know, I think as you get old, I get my fiance got me some nice stuff. My parents um, doing <laughs> Christmas with my dad and my stepmom coming up here this week yet. So my dad's always a, a rock star gift giver. Um, but yeah, as you get older, I think. I agree with you. Absolutely. It's it's more fun giving gifts, especially when you have kids or younger people who still get really excited about gifts because there comes a certain age where like you're not just as super excited, you know, unless oh, you were one of those dicks on game. TV who yeah. got a brand new Mercedes or a truck age where it's not toys. But it's not quite like clothes and stuff like that. Yeah, or, or you yeah. make them a mistake where you get them a gift like you did the year before, but they've outgrown that. Yeah. So yeah. oh yeah, you got to be up. careful. You got to be careful with kids getting a little bit older with toys and stuff because you know you, you don't want to do that. Like my nieces this year, I got them all outfits. So my girlfriend, my fiance, and I rather were at the mall. We went to Justice. Apparently, Justice is you know one of the cool places to go for young girls' clothes. We got some pretty cool outfits. 
You know, that's, I tell you what, that's the other thing that's difficult when you start shopping for <laughs> young girls who are reaching about their teenage oh, years yeah. and, and, yeah, you're, and you're the uncle, there's you a gotta, line there. you gotta be on the, cause justice had like some belly shirts and like, you know, some, <laughs> some workout pants who had like mesh sides. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you know, my fiance's like, they're cute. It's a girl store. That's why they, I'm like, eh. let me explain like, to you how this works. Here. Yeah. I got, my brother is not going to let this fly. Uh, so no, but I, I had a lot of fun. My nephew, uh, Alex, huge star Wars guy, um, asked for a a bit of a rare, a bit of a hard to find gift that I ended up finding like the last one available at any store in the Valley was at target. So like, and that's another thing, like when you got a, a, a niece or a nephew that asks for a hard to find gift and you locate oh, said gift, man, like, that is a here? personal mm-hmm. victory. That is a, that is a victory. I've had that happen a few times. Uh, How are my levels over there, Dave? Am I all right? His you sure I'm not good. turned off here? Okay. <laughs> His levels are good. Andrew, thought I was in trouble. you didn't have Christmas yet, did no, you? No, didn't have Santa, one. Santa flew right the fuck over <laughs> Andrew's house. Yes! He fucking knows better. No, because, uh, <clears throat> you know, we, we'll have it with uh, the answer side on this coming weekend, and then with my dad to follow, and then with my mom. And what a party it will be. <laughs> Wait a minute. The answer side, and yeah, then dad. The answer side. <laughs> we, it's, I'm confused. Dave, how oh, about you? It was a phenomenal Christmas. I We paid attention to the little man, so just showered him full of gifts. How old is it. your little guy? He's uh, four months. Kid love the gifts. He's, no. Yeah, he chewed on the wrapping paper the whole <laughs> no, time. I wanted to say like four months and three quarters, but he's almost five months, oh, so Jesus. four months we'll just say. So you got him like some uh, hair gel and, and yes. stuff for his little pompadour? He doesn't have a pomp yet. That's coming in nicely. <laughs> it's coming in nicely. Well, yeah. Say so it was just all about him. Kid loved the us. gifts. Loved them. Loved them. You got nieces and nephews that you buy gifts Oh, for? yes. I did take care of those you guys. Him, uh, I pulped the Quinn. Tried oh, to give them jo- up as much got as they could. Johnny Switchblade, a Switchblade, and Bago Glass. You betcha. <laughs> you glass. betcha. What a kid's a Switchblade. Did you ever remember that old Saturday Night Live bit? The toys that yeah. were unsafe. Jesus. Johnny damn. Switchblade, Bago Glass. Bago <laughs> glass. glass. That was with Dan Aykroyd. Uh, yeah. You know who else? Who else got a great gift for uh, Christmas this year? The girlfriend of the real life Peloton guy. So apparently. And this is an interesting uh, twist in the news. So everybody remembers uh, end of November, um, Peloton released their Christmas commercial for um, their uh, at-home high-end stationary bikes. Now, these commercials had been out for a few weeks. They released them in November. And somehow in the middle of December, Twitter got a hold of something and people decided to go in an outrage over the fact that, you know, was it sending the wrong message that a man is buying a woman an exercise bike for Christmas, telling her she needs to lose weight? Did we have any um, numbers on how many people actually complained? I don't know. You okay. know how the you know how the well, media it, is. It was like, yeah, it was like there was six, 10 complaints. There were six people who complained and they million. made a story right. about so, it. So, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, if you read the comments, everyone But Peloton's, it. Peloton's uh, they, they lost like a billion dollars and i think it was like in you know in, in stock they lost like a billion dollars because everybody was like uh, people were freaking out and panicking and um 
<clears throat> so basically, I think everybody just chalked up the awkwardness of the story to bad acting on the woman's part. Instead of looking <laughs> like she was just like generally like and she nervous. admitted that, by the way. Yeah, and, and instead of looking like she was generally nervous about working out, like okay, here we go, which nobody gets nervous about that shit. She just had like this. I'm like, uh, uh, you know, being abused or scared or whatever. And and, and people like t- it was almost like people. <laughs> it was almost like it was a real like uh, like a real commercial. You know, not like an advertisement for TV, but people like, oh my god. Yeah, she's being abused. What's this like, really It's a fucking for? commercial. It's just shitty acting. But in any regard, the Peloton guy, the guy who played the husband in the commercial for like two seconds was getting death threats and stuff. Um, we had talked about, you know, how, how ridiculous that we thought it was. A lot of people that we respect kind of were on the same um on the same page, thinking how ridiculous it was, it was that people were that offended where this company lost all that money. They did a really good job of rebounding after that. They switched that commercial to exclude the husband. They just put the pedal to the no, floor. Ignore the guy that paid for everything. Yeah, but they kept on with their advertising. On their own, biking away. They biking bounced, away. They bounced back. They bounced back really well, and uh, and so they're they're doing okay now. Um, and uh, again, the guy who played the husband in the Peloton commercial gave his girlfriend a Peloton for Christmas. Now, this was reported um, by the Today Show. It said the first time Sean Hunter presented someone with a Peloton stationary bike, it didn't actually go as planned. Actually, exactly go as planned. But now the Canadian actor, who gained fame for his part in holiday season's most ridiculed ad, hopes the second time is the charm. Uh, yes, the Peloton husband gave his real-life partner a Peloton. Uh, apparently, it went over well. Uh, she loved it. Uh, they had some. He was fun. only stabbed twice. <laughs> yeah, they had some. They had uh, some fun uh, with it. Um, his real-life girlfriend looks like uh, she's also in very good shape. So it's not like people can jump on and say whatever. But um, you know, this was a, this was a story that uh, you know got a lot of people's attention just because of how much we talk about how uh, offended people get in this country mm-hmm. over dumb shit. And it was almost refreshing to see Peloton bounce back. And I don't think it might have affected their stock. And yes, they did lose a lot of money. But I don't think for two seconds that it hurt their Christmas sales. Yeah, long at term. All. Long no, term, no issue, because the probably. thing is, anybody who was going to buy one of those Peloton bikes, look, the bikes start, I think, at like 23, Andrew, was it 23, 2,500? Somewhere in there. That's a hell of an investment. Sure. But so they start it like that. Okay. Although, he so didn't, he, it was probably the, the one they used in the commercial. If you're the, they, it was yeah, his rap we, gift. Yeah, we know that he got a free bike from Peloton. He didn't pay for it. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to use it. But anybody who was going to buy a Peloton in the first place, a husband buying one for his wife, no, look, no guy is going to just buy a woman an exercise bike unless she specifically asked for it. It's look, right there next there's to some, the vacuum cleaner, Look, there's some, guys, there's some guys who are shitty gift givers, okay? No guy is going to spend 2500 bucks on a bike unless they have been asked to do so. So you weren't stopping any guys from buying it. The women who uh, can afford a Peloton bike, who wanted one, they were still buying one. I was happy to see Peloton push forward in this whole thing. And uh, it sounds like they're doing a good job. Um, Nordic Track, uh, interestingly enough, had they're their back. they had their own series of like 
Christmas commercials, you know, with the same like stationary bike and stuff. Really? They tried but, to piggyback off it? I didn't uh, see that. It was interesting because they showed, so what Nordic Track did is they had a bunch of commercials where they showed like two uh, also very affluent people living in high rise buildings that were like corner to corner. You know, like they had, a, they had one where it was like a guy and a girl and they were both in like New York City in these high rises with these huge glass windows and they were like riding against each other they could see each other through their high-rise windows but they were also racing against each other like on their screens you know so it's kind of like me versus you and of course they had the girl win so people didn't you know get all up in arms Easy also, it's a sci-fi commercial. <laughs> so a sci-fi. Sit down, Quinn. Sit but down, you know, people down. could have been like, people could have been like up in arms, like, oh, oh, so, so she's got to beat a man to validate herself, you know? And you could have made she was jokes. She's a single about, mom just pedaling away. But it was uh, anyhow. It was it was funny as far as Christmas gifts to see that the Peloton guy got his girl a Peloton bike again. Andrew, a very astute observation that he likely did not pay for this <laughs> gift. I'm sure the Peloton people threw him a threw him a bone and said, yeah, we'll uh, we'll. Just, we'll just give it to a girl that you know. It's your girlfriend. He needs some publicity. Yeah. In fact, I wonder if everybody on his fucking Christmas list didn't get a Peloton. Mom got a Peloton. Sister got a Peloton. Brother got a Peloton. Brother-in-law got a Peloton. They always said Shaq would always give out gifts like Icy Hot and stuff. Everybody gets fucking commercials. You imagine, well, you imagine Uncle, Uncle, Uncle David rolling up to Christmas. All the nieces and nephews get like a bucket of muscle sport protein. <laughs> Here you go, kid. <laughs> what is up. this? <laughs> That's Quinn with uh, Universal. Here you uh, go. Uh, hey, speaking God. of, <laughs> good stuff, by the way. Speaking of, go go for it. But actually, a friend of mine, she just actually competed in her 300th uh, race or whatever with Peloton. Her and her husband actually like went to New York City where the one of the teachers that they ride with and they rode in a live class with them oh so they like could they like somebody that they did like an interactive mm-hmm. class with they actually flew out to new york to have a, an in-studio class with the, the instructor that they've been Same doing thing interactive was happen with fit boss when you had your 300th uh, training session is you were going to actually meet the actual trainer big shout out to fit boss 365 ladies and gentlemen friends of the podcast check those guys out <laughs> Jesus Christ. So excited to tell us. It is interesting how, you know, it is interesting how into stuff, you know, uh, people get. And, like, we all have our hobbies, right? We all have stuff we like to do, whether it's, you know, hunting, you know, shooting sports, whatever, motorcycles, fishing, whatever it might be. But it is interesting to see people who, and you see this with, like, CrossFit a lot and and vegetarianism. And people are just so excited tell you about their hobby and it's always interesting to see what people like really gravitate to and how into stuff they get and to see like how long it lasts for i always kind of think that's interesting to see i will uh, i will say though if if uh if peloton becomes a trendy thing look it's it's exercise based and and, and generally speaking uh, people are using that to um to live healthier lifestyles and get and get in better shape so i'll say if that's uh that's a trend. We'll roll with it for now. God you might knows have this a, country you, needs it. You might have a lot of Pelotons used as uh, as laundry hangers <laughs> and dust collectors my uh, best suit. come in 2021. <laughs> uh, but um, look, if you can uh, – look, there's – exercising with a group is always going to be uh, – You're people are going to gravitate more towards exercising with a group. They just are. And, and that's the way it's always going to be. And I think the thing that Peloton hits a home run with is that when you exercise at home, unless you're watching Netflix, which I do all the time with my morning cardio. Yeah, I, it's just not the same. I just watch a lot of Netflix, you know. But working out with a group, there's a reason why a lot of personal trainers now will do group 
training. They'll do like, like two a boot camp style. Well, not even like boot. Yeah, boot camp is one thing where they'll do like ten to fifteen people all kind of doing a group thing. Money. But a lot of uh, a lot of trainers will do just group <laughs> training where they'll have two or flourish. three people. And a big thing behind uh, a big reason why that's so successful is if you have three people and one still wants to go or two still want to go, the third is going to feel almost obligated obligated to do that. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you have people who are getting up and riding with each other interactively every morning, that's more motivation to get up and do it. So I think, again, if Peloton, if you got a group of people, and from what I understand, you can ride with a class uh, or you can race against friends and stuff like that. And if you have a friend or a group of friends that you're racing with each morning interactively, and somebody's like slacking off. I think uh, I think that's going to motivate you to to be more consistent with it, as opposed to just having an elliptical or a bike sitting in front of a TV where you're watching Netflix each morning. So having a group to work out with and having that accountability is a huge thing. And I think uh, regardless of whether you like stationary bikes or Peloton or whatnot. Um, I think it's a positive thing. I think what we're going to see, I think a big trend that we're going to see in 2020 um, is that, um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to clear my throat. I had the same thing too. It's so, all right. Sorry, sorry. No pressure. No, Not me. Sorry. So Losers. <laughs> I think uh, I think a big trend that we're going to see in 2020 with exercise and fitness is a lot of people kind of taking the idea that Peloton has with interactive exercise and run with that and do it in a much more economical fashion. Now, as I was talking about before, we already saw Nordic Track doing the same thing. I can guarantee that Nordic Track is at a lower price point than Peloton. Still good products. But I think a lot of people are going to look at what Peloton did in a very successful business model and just a successful exercise model in general, that people are going to be more motivated, more consistent with their workouts if they have other people to work out with. So again, I think interactive exercise uh, equipment, you're going to see more of that. You're going to see stuff similar to Peloton bikes coming in at a lot lower price points, maybe rowers where you're interactive out in the water, things like that. I think interactive exercise equipment is going to be a big thing in 2020 and something that a lot more people are going to be able to afford. And so uh, whether Peloton was the the ones to uh, kind of pioneer with that, and there's been other interactive Well, let's not exercise. forget Tony Little and the Gazelle freestyle. I mean, come on. If, if anything started at all that pony Tony Little Tony Little Tony Little former bodybuilder he was actually a really good bodybuilder still had the awesome ponytail but and I get what you're saying but there mind you there's a big difference between putting in a DVD and having an interactive exercise or an interactive workout with somebody on a DVD where if you pause it, there's not going to be a group of people being like, well, what the fuck happened to Quinn? Yeah, why is he I mean, I mean, like playing is he Call buff- of Duty, but with exercise. Is he buffering? What's going on? I mean, like live interactive where there's right. accountability. And, yeah. and again, I think I think we're going to see a lot more because right now, realistically, people are going to, you know, the, if, if you make a price point where they can come in at 750 or or $1,000 for a bike or an elliptical or a treadmill or something like that that has sort of some sort of interactive component, I think that's going to be uh, a lot more feasible for most people to drop the money on. Than 22.45 is 20, how much a Peloton costs. And do they have base, Andrew? Are you looking at that right this now? This is uh, the first one that they had. The like basic pa- a, that's a basic package. Okay, so you're so, t- you're talking okay. at least twenty two hundred, yeah. but I think if you get exercise companies coming in at about seven fifty or a thousand for some sort of interactive equipment, I think uh, the the works pack just comes with like extra bolts and shoes. 
So there's not like a, like an it's XLT or a Lariat or a and Platinum and Edition like shoes. our Raptors. It's huh? like the, the family package comes with like two two pairs of shoes, like five extra bolts for resistance, I'm guessing. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you get huh. a one-year limited worry, warranty, delivery setup, shoes, weights, headphones, heart rate monitor, bike mat, and water bottles. Okay. Two water bottles. Oh, Welcome, Peloton. Oh. Good. That, huh? Fucking free advertising assholes. Wait, what? What? Friends? <laughs> Maybe they should be friends of the podcast. Friends of the as podcast. Well. We're gonna work on. We're gonna get a hold of some people <laughs> from Peloton. Peloton. They're gonna be friends of the podcast. Get our four fat asses but, on. Uh, Let's see what happens. Anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, an exciting Pass. day uh, today and yesterday in football. Today, the final season, or rather, the final week of the NFL season. We still have Monday night football coming up tomorrow night. The Seahawks versus the Niners, but. The first round well, of I, the college playoffs oh, okay, yesterday. Go. I was just going to say, how, could you, and ever, how could you handle was, all the NFL today after all that college Oh, my yesterday? God. Was it a hell of a day of college football? Uh, Make an NFL hey, look like let, Let's shits. hear uh, Diamond Dave's uh, synopsis on it. What's his name? Uh, number 16. <laughs> You, you'd think oh, a guy I whose your team is the Bears would love college football. No, I thought your boy was from Clemson. I thought he was done for a minute uh, when he took oh, that Trevor, hit. Trevor, Trevor Ball shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Trevor? Dude, he's 6'6", six, six, like 230. Bring it. We're going to talk for a minute about targeting for a second here, okay? So I understand. And you were fired up about this. On the phone, Production papers were everywhere. I am still fired up. So... Look, obviously Didn't protecting energy drink this week. Uh, protecting the athletes at all level, high school, college, and professional football is of the utmost importance. Utmost importance. We've learned uh, a lot about um, concussions and how that affects people long term. And uh, referees and organizations are taking as many steps as they can to ensure the safety of the athletes. That being said. At some point, we still have to remember that football is a contact sport. And there was a play yesterday where that Ohio State, I believe it was a safety, got ejected for targeting. Number 24. And it was complete horseshit. And I mean complete horseshit. Now, I get if you go helmet to helmet with a quarterback and you're at a full speed and you're potentially, you know, injuring this guy for life with some major concussion. Yes, there has to be a penalty, possibly even an ejection from a game. But yesterday's call was complete horseshit. So the Ohio State safety was coming in. Perfect. Quinn, you played football. Andrew, I don't know what sports you've played. Dave, you watch football at least. The guy was coming in for a perfect form tackle. Now, when you're running textbook, when you are running at a fast pace, your upper body is going to be leaning forward than your lower body. Now, he was coming in. He got low. Had the Clemson quarterback stood up perfectly straight, it would have been a perfectly clean tackle, helmet square to the center of his shoulder pads, essentially how you're taught to tackle for your entire fucking life, okay? Now, this guy comes in. The Clemson quarterback, who's six foot six, by the way, dips down real far, and the Ohio State's safety's helmet hits the dude in the head and they call him for targeting he was coming in for a clean tackle that would have been a perfect hit look if the offensive player dips down to the defensive player's level that's not targeting that's a form tackle and the offensive player is just as guilty that i couldn't believe how big of a bullshit call that was and then when they played it in replay like i said you saw the guy coming in for a perfect form tackle now granted did he dip his head down a little bit yes because he hit with his crown he dipped 
flipped his head down a little bit. But what's he supposed to do? Put an arch in his back and waddle forward like a fucking duck with his head straight so up? You're going, taught, going you're with taught to hit with your form. shoulder pads, not had, your head. That had, the, had the Clemson quarterback stayed standing up in the pocket and not dipped. Not braced for the hit that he was about to receive? Yes. Had not lowered his own helmet. Andrew apparently disagrees with me. Uh, I think it was a, I think it was a bullshit call. And I think we're seeing this. I think we're seeing this a lot in NFL. I think we're seeing this a lot in college football, where uh, where players are going in for clean hits and somebody's lowering. Andrew, I understand your point. Mm-hmm. Lowering to take the hit, and what we're ending up seeing is bullshit calls like, "Oh, helmet to helmet." It was helmet to helmet because the guy lowered at the last minute. Well, he was bracing for the hit, so like, yeah, he's not going to just stand up tall like a tackling dummy when a guy comes in to I hit know, him. I get what you. So no, he's and I, bracing because he's going to want to hold. I on get to that what ball, you're saying, but if somebody's it. coming in, if somebody's coming in really low. And you have a short guy coming in low or even a taller guy coming in low with his helmet down. And let's say he's going to put his helmet on the shoulder pad or in the center of the shoulder pads and somebody dips and puts their helmet into you because there's quarterbacks that are dipping and you almost you lean into the guy who's going to mm-hmm. hit you to brace. And I'm just saying I've seen situations where the person that's about to take the hit has almost yeah yeah you're right they're preparing for the hit but you're always going to lower down preparing for the hit and i just think that that was a bullshit call yesterday i think uh losing one of their star defensive players obviously the uh the play that he no we're, hey, oh, we that's just, how a smart quarterback we just, gets those we extra just pulled 15 it up yards, we just Dave. pulled it up on the monitor right like there you, you watch it he, he's Bracing because it looks like he's going to try and break the tackle and move to the side and try right, and we're evade watching. him. We're watching. Well, fuck it. We'll do it live. Do it we're live. watching it live. All right. Look at He's coming in. Oh, he was low. No, that was. No. He, Lawrence, oh, look at the guy coming with a forearm to Lawrence, the helmet. You didn't Lawrence see didn't that. didn't even tip. He, oh, he didn't dip. What the fuck are you talking about? He didn't dip. He was squatting no, halfway that guy down with a forearm. He was already squatting down because that's his that pancing stance. No, oh, he dipped. He, he turns dipped his way head. down. He, he turns dipped. his head so he doesn't get fucking. Yeah, right he in the face dipped mask. and turned his head right into the guy. No, oh, he didn't. Dave, come on, you're. This oh. is. A, are you an Ohio State homer or what? No, yeah, I, no I, am, I am rooting for Big Ten. He I'm not. I root for Big Ten too, but if you watch that Ohio State Wisconsin game, where Ohio State did a penalty play, he ran. Off the field because oh, he's, he's a got beast. Which we got totally fine last week when Edelman acted like he was knocked out to try and get a flag on the page for the Patriots. But that that drew. I didn't those. see. I don't even know what play he's Guys, fucking look, talking about. He bends about. the knees. That's him dipping. That's him That's dipping. Him in his passing stance. Yeah, so that was he's not a passing. He's getting stance. ready to get the shit kicked out of him. What's he Watch. supposed to do? Look at this. Look at he dipped way down. That was a bullshit call. Way down. Come pause on. that, Andrew. Let's pause. Can we? Can we pause? Yo, we're watching this live. Let's do this in slow mo and standing up, standing up, slow dip. Uh, Andrew, can you not pause this shit? Well, what do you want him to do? I want not supposed to dip. I want it paused at the very second contact is made. At the very right there. Oh God! Hey, the the bottom line (laughs) is that Trevor Lawrence is going to make so much goddamn money for whatever team he goes to. Oh, look at how are you telling me he's not dipping right there? Look, trying to do a spin move to a guy. Yeah, he's he's getting ready to get hit. That's he's making a football move. This is a bullshit. This is a bullshit call, ladies and gentlemen. We are watching this. We have it paused. Number twenty-four from Ohio State was low. This six foot six sunshine. Him. He's leading he's with, the leading crowd with his, his helmet. helmet. He's running. He's running. What do you expect him to be straight up and down? Lead with his hip like he's doing oh, a fucking limbo. Like you expect Trevor Lawrence to be straight up and down like a tackling dummy? No, 
I'm not saying that he doesn't. He was embracing for the hit. I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence did anything wrong preparing to be hit. I'm saying it was a bullshit call, and it was a form tackle by the Ohio State guy. So what you're saying is that's just football that happens on the football Correct. field and Thank should you. have been a penalty. Exactly. It's a bullshit they could have got it more for that, Chase Young. That's what I'm Young saying for Chase right Young. Yeah, Chase Young, the guy who came in Coming second with the, with the forearm, the forearm, and, forearm put him in a, and put him in the million-dollar dream. Now you have a call. No. That's a bullshit fucking, no. That was a headlock takedown. Speaking of million-dollar dream, big shout-out to friend of the podcast, Ted DiBiase Jr. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Tom Brady here. Million-dollar dream. We still have to talk about it, uh, Burrow, how amazing he is for LSU. Oh, my God. Andrew, we are on the same page here. (laughs) Andrew, Andrew, give us a little bit of statistic background, what year this kid is, where he's from. Andrew, you're our stats guy. Well, because he's a... he was a transfer from Ohio State. He played at Ohio State for three years, graduated, didn't start a game. He wanted to be a winner. He appeared in like 10 games. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So Burrow went to Ohio State? He's an Ohio, he's an Ohio kid. For years. For three years, he didn't play. He, was he on the he, football team for three years? Yeah. He, he appeared in 10 games. As a backup. As a backup. Get the fuck out of he, Dodge. So he did a Russell Wilson, graduated and went to grad school is at this LSU. His only, is this his only year? No, he Elegi- played last year, and he, he played really well, and then this year. Okay, is this his final year of eligibility? Yes, he's, he's so I don't, so as you guys can tell, he's the I don't first follow overall college pick. football. But this is the Heisman Trophy winner. Yep, of this year. So this the LSU uh, game yesterday was the first time I've watched LSU play this year, okay? I watch the Badger games when I can. You guys got to remember, I'm mm-hmm. gone from the first weekend in March until the third weekend in November. I'm gone almost every weekend traveling, and I work most days during Saturday. So I very rarely do I get a chance to watch college football. So yesterday was the first time that I've actually watched a full LSU game. And Burroughs is at Burrow or Burroughs? Burroughs. Burroughs. Absolutely Burrows. fucking Amazing. This is an incredible quarterback. The accuracy of every single throw he was showing was absolutely stunning. Short balls, deep balls, catching guys mid-pattern. He looked like uh, Aaron Rodgers or Brady in their prime with his pocket presence, with his ability to hit his receivers. Everything that did Everything that kid did was perfect. I don't know that I've been that impressed with a college quarterback in in forever. Kid's amazing. I mean, he is just absolutely amazing. And I really, so, I really think Andrew. Yeah, he's obviously going to be the number. stats down Here for us. Here's the stat uh, that I absolutely love. Joe Burrow has thrown more touchdowns in the Mercedes Benz Stadium in 2019 than Matt Ryan did. So in two games. At that stadium, bro, uh, had more touchdown passes than Matt Ryan. I was, eight. I was blown Matty away. <laughs> Sixty what was the score? Sixty-three to twenty-eight of the game yep. yesterday. They just 64. kept pouring it on. I loved it. Seven touchdown passes in the first half and one running. It was, uh, it was incredible. And I, I just, uh, I, I was, I was sitting there watching the game. We're at the theater. We, uh, we'll, well, I was there to see Star Wars for the second time. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Nerd, nerds. But uh, I was, I was sitting there just, just. Just mind blown. My mind was blown. <laughs> I was blown out of my mind. Quinn. How did they make it look so easy? It was, it was you know, like I said, he reminded me of what Rodgers used to look like when every pass he threw was pinpoint accuracy. 11, I mean, 11, he was. 14. They were like, oh, he threw it over his back shoulder. You know, receivers <laughs> falling into the end zone, and the ball hit exactly where it needed to be. I was, I was really impressed. I felt a little bad for Oklahoma because they didn't. They didn't stand a chance. And then, yeah, of course, we had of course we had the Clemson Ohio State game, 
which came down and, to came down to the last two minutes. So yep. a vastly different game uh, well, in what they we said saw going into yesterday. Two of the ten of the first round of playoffs, only of the ten previous games, round of four, only two games had been decided by single points. Otherwise, it all been double digit wins. Blowouts. Okay, so, so here's yeah, here's because like, Ohio State last year lost thirty one to nothing. Yeah, here let's do this here on the Bad Medicine Podcast. Let's do a national championship. Uh, let's do a national championship preview. Uh, Dave, we're gonna start with you. We're gonna go. We're gonna go around. We're gonna go around the table, and we are gonna get everybody's predictions for the score of the national championship game coming up in Should two weeks. Should we tell weeks. Dave who's still Dave, in it? Dave's gonna pick. David is uh, gonna be Louisiana State versus Clemson. Dave, your score for the national championship LSU game: LSU forty-nine, Clemson thirty-four. Andrew. I will go, uh, I'm going to think LSU is going to pull it out 42 to 40. 42 to 40. Quinn? Uh, see, I think you guys are going a little too high. I'm going to say Clemson uh, 31, LSU 24. Whoa. You're picking Clemson picking for the my, win. Picking my boy, He's a big Trevor Lawrence. Do you really in your heart believe that Clemson can beat Louisiana State? You really think they can win? I do, yes. Or is this mm-hmm. just you have some Trevor hope Lawrence for them? Trevor Lawrence has to lose again. No, I just think you that legitimately Ohio think they... State was just a pumped up, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. Uh, I am going to go with – I'm going to go with a blowout here. Okay, guys? I am going to go 42 to 10. 42 wow. to 10, Louisiana State, your 2019 – National championships. Oh, and this national guy champions. And one Clemson. And here's a guy who's an expert because he's watched at least one game this <laughs> year. For <laughs> <laughs> brutal. The guy who just admitted, well, I haven't watched college football all year. Yeah, but so, I'm going with 42 so to 10. The Dave predictions you can just throw right out the window. Uh, I will <laughs> say, though, if, if you're a fan of college fo- of, of football in general, and if you're on the fence with college football, is there a better time? Is there even a better Saturday of the whole year to watch football than you know national championship playoff Saturday? No, because yeah, they had the Cotton Bowl was was that yeah, there, there was yeah. a lot of a lot of good games. But and, uh, speaking of games, we had some NFL games on today. Uh, everybody watched the games. Packers uh, wrapped up their season beating the Lions barely for a thirteen to three finish. Uh, pretty solid for a first year coach. As I predicted. Um, did you predict 13 I did. And three? I did. called out the to victory get, cigar. Get, let's give a little background here. Every, every oh, year God. since, what, 2010, it's been Packers 14 cigar. and 2, 13 <laughs> and, so he's and been, 1. He's been <laughs> picking the same number every <laughs> fucking year. I, I keep just keeping his fingers crossed. Well, like, like last year, and too, they, when they tied, he's like, oh, I, I mistakenly grabbed my tie cigar instead of my victory, victory the, cigar. The, all right, so the Packers potentially uh, have a number one seed, number two at the lowest. If the Seahawks win tonight, um, the Packers will be the number one seed in the NFC. But I think the bigger story going on with the Green Bay Packers right now and also uh, with the New England Patriots, with one of my favorite players of all time, Tom Brady, is we are starting to, I think, finally see uh, and a, a difficult to admit um, the visible decline of the ability and skill of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. 
Um, both quarterbacks uh, definitely aging. We've, they've been in the league for a long time. Taking Andrew, a lot of hits. Andrew Rodgers has been in the league since. 05, he was drafted, became starter in 08. And Brady came into the league and in 2000. 2000. Became a full-time starter in 01. 01 when Bledsoe when got Drew Bledsoe hurt. went hurt. Mm-hmm. So these guys have been in the league for a long time. Uh, both have, uh, I would say, avoided, even though you've seen Brady with a knee injury, Rodgers yeah, with some Brady, injuries. Brady only missed, like, that was his only, like, injury Both have avoided major injuries throughout the course of their career they've had some injuries um, they've both been stellar quarterbacks both of them are very easily first round uh, or first ballot hall of famers so not to take anything away from Aaron Rodgers and not, <laughs> anybody who knows me knows that I'm certainly not going to try to take anything away from Tom Brady but when I watch Aaron Rodgers over the course of this season and even with my traveling Quinn I have been able to watch <laughs> a lot of games on Sunday um uh, I see a consistent, and a lot of people will say that this is just miscommunication with receivers. I'm not seeing the same thing, and I hope I'm wrong, and maybe we'll see a different Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Maybe we'll see a different Aaron Rodgers next year when he's had a chance to work work more with the receivers that he has, get in a little bit better sync with Coach LaFleur. Uh, I would hope nothing more for me to be wrong here, but I think we are seeing the decline of Aaron Rodgers' skill, his accuracy, era, his thinking. arm strength. Um, along with Tom Brady. Uh, and granted, Brady doesn't have some of the, the weapons that he has in the past, but that's always what's made Tom Brady Tom Brady, is he didn't have to have the the big threats. Anybody you put in front of him, he was hitting on target, he and built they were the dangerous. He made it work He for built him. the system. But uh, Quinn, will start, Quinn will start with you. What do you, you, what do you think? Uh, are, are, are people off base when they say that we're starting to see the decline of Rodgers and Brady? No, I don't think so. I think anytime you have an athlete that is, you know, 38 in their 40s, you're going to see a decline in just their ability. You see it in everything, whether it's race car drivers, baseball players, and NFL players. You, you see a decline at a certain age. And, you know, it's like perfect example. We watched the college football games. Those guys were hitting every single pass, making it look so easy. When I'm watching the Packers games lately this year, it's like, oh, God, I hope they can complete a pass here on this series. They, it, it just seems so difficult for not only uh, Brady, but, you know, I mean, obviously I've seen Rodgers more, but it seems like it's been so difficult for those guys to just complete a pass. Like their their passing game has been so terrible um, irrespectful, big word for me, of the numbers that they're putting up, which are still relatively impressive. It just seems like it's just such a challenge for them to complete a pass. So let me ask you a question. Objectively here, because I could be biased and be like, hey, I can't wait for the Packers to start going on Chicago Bears route with quarterbacks. But is it really a decline that we're seeing from Rodgers or is it a little bit of the receivers not being on the same page and Rodgers maybe having more expectations. And then for Tom Brady, is it obviously he is the system. Is it really him going on the decline or is it the offensive line just not being able to hold up like we've seen in the past? Well, no, father, I don't think father so. time is undefeated. Yeah, I'm not saying so Andrew just la- Andrew just laid out a fantastic. You know, hey, Andrew, I'm not sometimes, saying there is not going to be a you really, Sometimes you really impress me, Andrew. That's that's right. Okay, <laughs> but, but like, Andrew, you're Andrew, you're thing. a statistics guy. Aaron Rodgers with today's with today's uh, performance has uh, eclipsed the 4,000 yard mark this season. Now, if you're a quarterback uh, for the Chicago Bears and you hit 4,000 yards, they, the, they rest you the rest of your statistics <laughs> don't count for shit. They're going to look at your 4,000 yards. But um, 
do you think watching these games, and you're probably the biggest Packer fan out of uh, this group here, do you think watching <laughs> – sure, Except for Diamond Dave. <laughs> do you think watching the games this season that, that Aaron Rodgers is just missing some throws that, you know, five, like six, he, ten years ago he would have been nailing? He is, and I think it's – and it's, you know, just – like I said, like by inches. So I don't know if it's dude. He had timing. some overthrows today just, though just, that were yeah, unacceptable. They, they're just it's you know just fingertip, just fingertip. You know, like the one to Aaron Jones on the sideline where Jones would still be running if you know he Absolutely. put it right on him like he always did. And I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think it was from when he broke his collarbone and his throwing. Shoulder. That is his. That and that's, it might. That it might be. have because that's been when he broke up. his left his his left collarbone against Dave's Bears. He came back and, you know, and I'm, gl- the, I'm glad you brought that, I'm glad you brought that up, fine. Andrew, because uh, he broke his throwing collarbone last year against the Minnesota, two years. two years ago against the Minnesota Vikings. And even last year, people were questioning his accuracy. Now, it's, it's, you know, when you get back out on the field and he can throw the ball as hard as he can, as far as he can, it's easy to look at that injury and say, well, no, he's recovered. Look, but... Uh, the, the accuracy that these guys have, you're talking, I mean, if you really think about what it takes to take this little ball, yeah. loft it up in the air, you got somebody running 15, 20 miles an hour downfield, cutting across the angles, and to put it exactly where they're going to be, the level of skill that that takes is just it's it's almost unfathomable. So to have any sort of hiccup in the, the mechanics of throwing that you're used to doing for now, mind you, this is a guy who, as far as I understand, hadn't had any sort of injuries in his throwing arm or his throwing shoulder no. ever in his career. So this guy's been playing one. football for his entire life, and then all of a sudden, two years ago, as he gets a little bit older, he breaks his collarbone. Now, this thing might be able to heal completely, but is he ever going to be the same? It's the same it as if you get, in, a, yeah, get a knee injury. Are you going to be able to sprint? So, or cut or adjust the same. funny even watching today is like when he would stand back there, step into it, and throw it, that's when he was missing. But yet he had that rollout to the right where he just flicked the wrist and pinpoint right to Lazard right on the sideline that he took out yeah. of bounds. So sometimes I'm wondering if it's just the easy ones he just can't make, but if he's got to roll out and kind of do the old lay and throw it sidearm. He look at look at that screen pass he got to Aaron Jones at the end of the game, too. He threw it like off of one foot sidearmed through like a defensive yeah, but it, it's still it's still such a challenge for them in the passing game, and his yeah. accuracy has just I, been dreadful. I just think it comes down to look; these players know what they've been doing. All these guys have done their whole lives is play football. I don't buy that the receivers run the wrong routes as much as they want us to believe. I believe that that happens so infrequently because that's all these guys do. I just think it's genuinely a decline in physical ability. Obviously the mental part is there for both Rodgers and Brady just physically. I just think, yeah. It's, and then, you know, and they're look, they're getting older. Look, there's a reason yeah. why quarterbacks generally retire in their late thirties, you know, sometimes mid to late thirties is when quarterbacks generally retire. And if they were able to play and be efficient into their forties, I think a lot of these guys yeah, would, would that love the game, especially if they remain injury free. Now I heard an argument, somebody today, if you guys don't listen to the Packer radio, if you're from around the oh, Fox, God, Valley, there was some people calling in today. If you're My from God. the Fox Valley area and you have to turn on one Oh one, uh, after the Packers games, cause they have this call in show. Um, and it's, it's well, always funny with, uh, God, we got to get, into me we gotta sometimes tell a story about how mark tosh and i almost got into a fight at route 66 it was because he was a wine drinker wasn't the, he no well i suppose the football season's wrapping up maybe we can share that it this was week all or Dave's next, next week tosh yeah. can okay no so wrong. next week we'll talk about <laughs> for that. sure we'll talk next about week me and me and uh, almost going toe-to-toe with big tosher back in 2002 Teens. but in any regard somebody yes. called in and talked about um how over the ha- last handful of years 
Rodgers keeps getting these different receivers, you know, like, you know, who, who do they got that they're throwing at this year? You know, I mean, Lazard, uh, Lazard, MVS, and Gmo, and, and, you know, he still has Devontae, but, you know, Jimmy Graham is going to kind of shit the bed, you know, and there, somebody was talking about, you know, for a handful of years there, he had driver, he had Jennings, he had James Jones, he had Jordy Nelson, he had receivers where there was a level of communication. There was a level of, Hey, on this type of pass route, I know where this guy is going to be. I know how he's going to play. I know when he cuts right, I know where he's going to be at what sort of time. And you wonder, like, look, that was if, with Jordy big time. Yeah. Just if you, Jordy know, always found if those you know a person's pattern, even the difference between I know what route, uh, and, you know, and I've heard this discussion too. Okay, well, receiver A and receiver B are both going to run the same route and it's supposed to be the same distance and whatever. If I've thrown to receiver A 5,000 times and receiver B none, I'm going to have more confidence knowing where this guy is going to be, how he's going to break on the ball and everything. And so there's been some arguments that, no, it's not Roger's accuracy and it's not necessarily the receivers running the wrong route. It's a timing thing. It's just having the confidence that his receivers are going to be exactly where he needs to be as he's throwing, you know, to – to, to the receivers or to where they're supposed to be. And so I would hope that that's the case. I heard that, I heard that argument that, hey, uh, give LaFleur and Rodgers another year or two, give this receiving core, because it's not a bad receiving core. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that. I'm not ready to write them off yeah, but by any means. It, it, he needs in the next year, or I, like, I don't have a lot of confidence for the playoffs, I'm not going to lie, but he needs within the next year or so Naysayers. To, uh, to really step it up. Now, Tom Brady... For as much as I love Tom Brady, and don't get me wrong, I would love to be wrong about this. I, I don't know that Tom Brady is is uh, is going to be able to keep performing like we've seen over the last few years. And he talked about playing for another few years. Yeah, he and wants to play like forty five. What I would hate to see. What I look. They've obviously had a really good year this year, um, record wise. I think they've had some wins that uh, they felt like they should have won by more. Some losses where they definitely felt like they lost to inferior teams, especially today, finishing off the season with the loss of the Dolphins. Fitz Quinn, magic. Quinn, as you've seen before, or you've you know pointed out before. Um, Brady seems to take it to a whole different level in the playoffs. Yep. But if you know the 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 things that you see from these players throughout the regular season, that is a preview of of what we're going to see in the playoffs. And for as much as I would love to see Brady really step it up, I don't know that that we're going to see that. And what I think could possibly happen, unless the Patriots were to go out and get some big stars, I could see the next year or two, you know, a ten and six season, an eight and eight season. And and Brady potent, you know potentially going out uh, on a low note, and then people would have of course questioned whether he should have gone out, um, you know whether he should have gone out on a high note. Uh, all that being said, I I will say this: people can say what they want about Tom Brady. Yeah, he should have retired after he got ring number six. No, uh, way. <laughs> you know he should have retired. He should have played another year. Look, let's say he doesn't r- win ring number seven. And he very well might not. I think everybody right now is talking about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. There's a very real possibility Don't sleep on the Brady Chiefs. might not. Yeah, and Mahomes, absolutely, Andrew. Showtime Mahomes. There's a very real possibility that Brady might not get ring number seven. And I don't think I think if he doesn't get number seven this year, we're probably not seeing him get that ring next year or the year after or the year after. But at the end of the day, this guy is one of the greatest athletes of all time, and it is 100% up to him to pull the old Lieutenant Pete Mitchell and say, I will retire when I am goddamn good (laughs) and ready, and you cannot take a single thing away from Tom Brady. Would I love to see him go out on top? Absolutely. But in any regard, 
Tom Brady's the man. I mean, that's... seeing every quarterback thinks that until they take that one hit. Everybody remembers the hit that Brett Favre took. We we're like, all of a sudden, oh yeah, he's like forty-five-year-old guy getting hit by yeah. Chicago a, Bears, twenty-some-year-old. Well, there was you know the, the interesting thing athlete. about Bra- the interesting thing about Favre. I almost said Brat Favre. Brett Favre <laughs> is when he was playing. You know, when he was playing for the Vikings, um, you almost saw some teams take it easy on him out of respect. You saw guys pull up a little bit with the hits. You saw guys do <laughs> that. So yeah, exactly. Andrew till the saints. So you saw an entire season of guys pulling their punches against Brett Favre out of respect. He's an old quarterback and look, he was still lighting some dudes up mm-hmm. and then he got against the saints. And not only were they just, you know, a hundred miles an hour, it was the whole, you bounty know, gate. it was the whole bounty gate thing. And yep. they, they, you know, that was the, that was that game against the saints you know, granted, he threw a shitty interception when all he had to do was run it out of bounds and they could have kicked the field oh, goal. Oh, Paul Allen just lost it. Yeah, but... Why even <laughs> contemplate throwing that? Take a knee! Yeah. Kick the field goal! Yeah, so it was a bad play, but that game was one of the cheapest games in any sporting event I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Yeah. And it was and it was absolutely disgraceful that the refs let it go on. It was disgraceful oh, for this... Now, the yeah, it was disgraceful happy. that the yeah. Saints uh, defense were, were playing in that manner, but... And I like... I generally you know, I really like Drew Brees a lot, so I'm kind of a Saints fan-ish by default because I like Drew Brees. But uh, that was that was pretty sh- shitty to see. But in any regard, it'll be interesting to see yep. what happens throughout the course of the playoffs. Uh, I would love to see a uh, Packers Patriots Super Bowl, which I, you will. Don't worry. Uh, I don't think we're going to see it will that. Happen. <laughs> hey, let Quinn. me ask you guys though, because oh, um, I was having this discussion uh, with somebody earlier in the week. With all the money that they're paying to like marquee receivers these days, do you guys really think it's worth paying? You know, like the Saints paid their wide receiver. No, okay, I'm Michael sorry. Thomas. Yeah, bad, bad example. example. He has like 150 set. catches. Okay, <laughs> but let me put it this way: <laughs> NFL record. Yeah. <laughs> is it worth? <laughs> is it worth it for most teams to invest all this money in a guy who maybe on average touches the ball four or five times a game when you can put that? Money money into offensive or defensive linemen or linebackers who are out there every single play and have an impact. Dave, you brought up a really good point. I think you point. can get away with not having marquee receivers as long as you have guys who know the friggin' plays. Dave, you brought up a really good point with the Patriots offensive line, and I think that goes for any team. I think you could have an okay running back that gets a thousand yards with a really yeah, stellar 64 offensive line. Yards a game is I all think you, you have an okay quarterback with enough time in the pocket to pick defenses apart and let wide receivers get open. Uh, I think teams way under invest in offensive lines. It's 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 sexy to spend the money yeah, on a running back or quarterback or a wide receiver. Play. Right. You know, and you have if you have a stud wide receiver, and I mean a stud, a Michael Calvin Thomas Johnson, a, Julio. a Michael Thomas, a Randy Moss back in his day. I mean a stud who's gonna go out and make plays happen regardless of who the quarterback is regardless of who the defensive players are yes spend the money on those receivers they're going to help your team I mean, put more points on the board but you cannot like uh, the browns did with yeah but if you look at brady look look at point. tom brady if you get an elite quarterback with an elite offensive line 
everybody else around you is better. I don't think well, yeah, anybody's gonna, gonna look good. I don't yeah. think anybody's gonna argue that the Patriots have had elite running backs, but they always put up good numbers. They've had good running backs. Don't get me good. wrong. Just I'm good. not trying to 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 uh, take away anything from the running backs, you know. Oh, James White should have been uh, the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah, James White, <laughs> you got LeGarrette Blount. I mean, they what always they, have what good running always backs. Done is they've, they've always been a running back by committee, so they're never gonna have that three tool or See, the three down back. That's like my James point. White was always your receiving back. Ben Burkhead can also receive out of the backfield as well. They made Kevin Falk into a, a, a decent halfback. Yeah. They had Corey Dillon. But a all of, of this years. comes Brian, back to having an offensive line that can pass protect, yeah. that can blow up in the holes. And Quinn, we'll talk about it again. The greatest player of all time. The Cowboys offensive line <laughs> exactly. from the nineties. Well, and, and the greatest let's not player of all time. The, um, the Giants, Allen. the Giants defensive line that basically single handedly got them a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, the the first four, four well, those because, guys oh, had. Just, well, who was it? Who was the answer? So it was Strahan. It was Jean Pierre, Pierre Paul, and then Look at those three: Jean Pierre Paul, Osiumaniera, and Michael Strahan. What the fuck? They would have those two and then another like line hybrid linebacker rush and they called it their NASCAR pass rush. Nobody's NASCAR so they could, yeah. they could just rush forward. That's how like I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a Denver fan. That's how they beat the Patriots that year they won the Super Bowl. They're able to get enough pressure with four and just drop four. Eight yep. And drop eight in a coverage because when you watch Patriots play, it's rub and pick routes and throw it to yeah. the underneath guy. They never I mean without with the exception of Randy Moss, they never had the over-the-top guy. So they always just dink and dunk all the way down and then also do with the Rob Gronkowski. And if you watched the 100 where they did the 100 players, Tom Brady talked about how he learned how to do something from Peyton Manning and incorporated it, and he said that basically made Gronkowski's career where they, when they would run a play-action fake, they would actually have the guard pull, so that way it would pull the linebacker to leave the middle wide open for Gronk. For Gronk, To yeah. him to just dunk it right over to Gronk. It was almost like Tom Brady was using the force, Dave. Oh, perfect segue. It was, it was almost like he knew the system. Oh, and this is where I check out. It was almost like he was using the force. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time, beer, Andrew, <sighs> for the Bad Medicine Podcast. Should we go tackle some tackles? For our weekly movie <laughs> review. Tell us. As we said, now I feel a little guilty because this is such a big movie. Uh, I feel like we should almost wait another week, but it has been tradition here. The second weekend after a movie comes out, tradition. we do our reviews. Uh, Star Wars. Rise of Skywalker came out last week, is, is just button? before Christmas. Cricket, 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 cricket. This goes. This goes back to our our Comic Con. Everybody's a nerd discussion. In some like these guys, yeah, we Andrew, were talking fast and Andrew and, and Dave and Quinn Avengers. are like the biggest wrestling fans you'll ever meet. And you guys cannot be naive to the fact that a lot of the general population <laughs> looks at wrestling fans. <laughs> oh, do they looks at wrestling fans <laughs> and are like losers? Hey. But these hardcore wrestling fans <laughs> look at Outlaw Star Wars. Look at hey, Star Oak. Wars fans. S- Stop nerds. looking at my neck beard. <laughs> hey, oh, don't let these guys fool you. They share in our in a Another group text cartoon images of Jim Cornette all day long. Oh, that's <laughs> so. Well, yeah. wait that's a minute. Everybody Whoa, knows hold it's on. Corny. You three have another group text without me. Yeah, it's, it's with our investor. Thanks, Dave. Why'd you have to break it? <laughs> well, what? Wait, what? Well, there's you know there's, 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 there's some just stuff hold I on a god just wait a goddamn minute. It was never in your contract that we couldn't have a group conversation outside of you. Son of a bitch. You you motherfuckers are having a group chat without me. 
It's like other stuff you wouldn't be interested in. Maybe I would be interested <laughs> in. Okay, well, we'll add you to it. I wouldn't. I sometimes have to. I just silent the group chat. I was just gonna my say fiance, exactly. My fiance will be like, "Can you silence your phone?" We'll even say stuff to you and yeah, get no nothing. response. Dave, we get How many YouTube videos have you watched <laughs> that I've sent <laughs> over? Oh, Look, see no, these guys. And have you watched you have, the Rover yet? Yeah. By the way, your your review of the Rover this week. Yes. <laughs> okay. So speaking of which, the Rover is is there a scene in that movie where he's with William? Defoe. No, that's in the lighthouse. Shack. That's the lighthouse. Sh- Shaquille O'Neal. Shack? No, in a shack. That's a different that, movie. That's oh. the lighthouse. That's what I sent oh, you guys. Is that the one with oh. uh, Toby Maguire? I did watch and the Spider-Man. clip that Dave sent. It was of William Defoe and uh, uh, Quinn's boy, Big, Big the Rob. vampire, the, the sparkly guy. What's Big his Rob. name? Oh, Twilight. With the twenty twilight. Yeah. And they were in a sh- and it looked like a good piece of acting from. Um, oh, it looks incredible! Yeah. The guy's amazing. I might watch oh. the rover because of the one clip Dave sent me of. Uh, You're welcome, Quinn. Of him in a in a in a Jesus shack Christ. with William Duvall. I sent don't, a clip don't, about the lighthouse like three months ago. Don't, don't you dare succumb to it. So anyhow, I saw Star Wars don't for the be second. Like me. I saw Star Wars for the second time. I went and saw it uh, opening weekend. Uh, now we discussed a little bit. We discussed a little bit on uh, on last week's episode uh, about how upset people are or were with the last Star Wars movie, um, Last Jedi, and people were people were pretty pissed with it. They did some real whack shit. They had a director who went off into fucking left field with some, you know, you know, oh, Princess Leia movie? flying through space like Mary Poppins, uh, Luke hey, Skywalker you, drinking some weird titty milk and doing some stuff. Wasn't the first movie that J.J. Abrams did, he, he's the new director, right? Yeah. Wasn't the first one he did basically just a reboot of... A new hope. There's yeah, no there's so there's been a lot of people who have had a lot of things to say about the continuity of the storylines and things like that. And it look the reality is it's been all over the fucking place. It really has been. And they they Disney fucked up by letting different people put their hands in it. Uh, not and consistent. You, you, you like had the to Fast take one furious. story and run with it. And <laughs> he worked it in, folks. I knew I could do it. But and anyhow, J.J. Abrams came back with the rise of Skywalker, and even though it has had some bad reviews, the, I think the overwhelming majority of people are agreeing with me in that it was an enjoyable movie, and he did the absolute best he could to tie everything together, keep the Star Wars fans happy. The story, given everything that's happened, made sense. Um, the way the characters developed in this final installment of this particular series, uh, yeah, we're sure to. <laughs> the look, there's, there's no way there's not going to be a Mandalorian movie after and after the success. Mandalorian's a, great. Yeah, they've be a killed on Baby Yoda. Movie. Yeah, there, there's zero chance there won't be a Mandalorian. movie. As long as it movie. has Bill Burr in it, I might watch it. Yeah, there's zero chance. But so anyhow, this this final this final Rise of Skywalker, I thought was a phenomenal movie. I saw it with my fiance last week. Um, my brother, who initially was like, "Nope, not fucking seeing it." Yeah, he was. Guy, you got time two, against. Got two kids that want to see it at 13 and I no, not taking them either. So finally I'm like, look, the kids are gonna enjoy it whether you think it's a bullshit plot or not. So finally he broke down. He's like, All right, we'll go, we'll go see it. We'll go see it. And he was uh, he was literally on the edge of the seat. You know the recliners when yeah, you're all reclined back, back and then you have to lower it to like sit down on the edge of your seat. He was on the edge of his seat, he was loving it. My nephews were loving it. So now I'm not gonna go into too many spoilers here because I know with a movie like this, sometimes people wait, especially around the holidays. So I'm not going to dive into specifics, but I will say they dropped a lot of Star Wars nostalgia in this movie. 
a lot that really brought a smile to the face of myself and a lot of the old fans. Anybody who's been watching Star Wars since there was a kid, there's a lot of stuff for you in this movie that you can really smile about. They introduced some new characters who, even though it's the end of this whole thing, and maybe, hey, why introduce new characters now, were really lovable Uh there's a new droid that is fantastic in this movie. A couple of new characters who kids will love. I was laughing my ass off in the theater. So they did a good job at mixing uh, some incredible visuals. I mean, there was some stunning visual stuff, some good action scenes, a lot of comedy, uh, nostalgia, some almost like, you know, they they jerk at the old heartstrings from when you watch Star Wars back as a kid. So, is there any Ewoks? There are. <laughs> There are. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave's face when he looked at me and had to say there was Ewoks. Man, I'm telling you, I loved it. And I told my brother, I'm like, look, and I've said this, I've said this before. I am not a hardcore Star Wars fan. I am a casual Star Wars fan. I've seen them all. When I go to the movie theater, my judgment is. Was I entertained? Yes. I don't pay that much attention to the storyline. I don't get that bent. Even for being a casual Star Wars fan, there was some weird shit in The Last Jedi, okay? <laughs> like, what the fuck, right? But J.J. Uh, Abrams did a, a, the best job he could with the material he had to work with, trying to wrap this story up. Some people say it felt like it was a little bit rushed. This movie could have been maybe an hour longer, or they could have split this whole story mm, into two another parter. two Ugh. movies. But, you know, there, exactly. There would have been people not happy either way, like, oh, yeah. we're going to have well, another no, one. Disney's I, I, just trying I, to make I more money. I meant it that way, because it's either you're going to go for a freaking 19-hour movie or yeah. so my, my oldest, my, Funny enough, even after my, my middle brother, Will, has said it was a satisfactory movie. <laughs> he, you know, he he's not like too high. He's adequate. Really, he's like it was good. It, he's like it was good. He's still a little upset it about the last stuff. My itch. oldest brother Drew. Now, he's the oldest, so he remembers the original Star Wars the best. He is still not fucking seeing it. <laughs> not seeing it. But I think. Look, I think. Uh, and uh, our our other. Uh, neighbor that grew up down the road, a huge Star Wars fan, uh, graduated with my oldest brother. We've been lifelong friends, uh, Dan Kessler. Well, a friend of the podcast. Kessler, he also has his own whiskey. Dan Kessler, huge <laughs> Star Wars fan, a fan of all things 80s. And, and Dan uh, agreed with my brother that even as a hardcore fan, he found it entertaining and sufficient. I think a lot of the hardcore Star Wars fans were just like, well, like they went in with such low expectations. We're actually like, well, fuck, you know, he actually, yeah, he did okay right. with it. They did, I forget what they call it, fan pleasing is the term, fanfare, fan pleasing, where essentially they just throw bits in. To, to keep people happy that don't have necessarily a lot of substance, but it just makes people smile. Oh, so okay. they, they did a lot of that. But look, this is this was a really enjoyable movie. So if you're somebody who is a quote-unquote casual Star Wars fan like myself, who's seen the rest of the movies, like us. don't don't miss out on the, this last Star Wars because the previous one sucked. I promise you this one is enjoyable. If you're if you're an adult who has some kids... Are you able kids, to just jump into it, though, without having seen the previous? I tell you what, if you just jump into this movie, it, like let's say you have kids who have haven't seen the previous ones who haven't seen all the other ones i think you could jump into this movie and still find it an enjoyable movie it's about the resistance battling the bad guys you have some funny parts and stuff like that i think anybody regardless of whether they've seen any of the star wars could still find this movie enjoyable so i think i think you'd have kids who are like who's that you know who's that who's that why are they happy to see each other you know um 
But I think any old school Star Wars fan, regardless of how you felt about The Last Jedi or the previous movies coming up to this, even just the nostalgia they bring back, I think is going to put a smile on your face. And realistically, it's two and a half hours of entertainment. And I know people bitch about movie prices, but it's 12 bucks for two and a half hours of entertainment. And you're going to you're going to enjoy it. Um, So uh, I just I thought it was a good movie. And so. If I have to make a recommendation to the people out there whether you should see Star Wars or not, I think it goes without saying with my last <laughs> last 15 minutes of discussion. But uh, I think you oh, go no, see no. it. no, no. It's only like a minute. Uh, like I said, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, Andrew. Wake up. Jesus Christ. Just let me talk. No, but uh, if, you're a, if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan... I think you'll be happy about what J.J. Abrams did to wrap up the series. I think if you're a casual fan like myself, you are going to enjoy the comedy. You're going to enjoy the action. Uh, I think if you're somebody who has never really been into Star Wars or has only seen one or two of the movies, I think the visuals are good. I think the story stands on its own independently good enough to be a movie that's fun to go to. But all in all... I think it was a good wrap-up to the saga, again, with what J.J. Abrams had to work with. He did a good job. Some of the nostalgia they brought in was the real kicker for me. I really loved it, and I think people should see it. And that's you know that's my two cents. Don't let – look, we've seen this with so many movies, critics dogging on movies, right? And then they turn out to be uh, awesome. Critics dog – I can't tell you. I think there's been one movie I've seen where critic it was like Abracadabra with Steve Carell and like Owen Wilson or something. I don't even remember that. Yeah, don't, it, it's a good because it was it was terrible. Carell and Carrie where they were the dueling magicians. Yes, it was the worst fucking oh, movie I've ever seen so in my life. Bad. My, but my, I have my I, nephew. I loved thought that it, was Hugh Jackman also, and Edward Norton. That's no. the prestige. <laughs> I have seen so many movies that's that Hulk have got shitty <laughs> shitty reviews, <laughs> and where I've gone in and been like, you know what? I really I really enjoyed that. So well, that's the new thing. If you uh, see in any feed or Twitter oh, or whatever, yeah, everything they have to do is a negative review. <sighs> you got to see the it fans ironically. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you got to uh, see it ironically. It, um, I think it. Uh, let's see if it. Uh, you know who doesn't have to worry about that is The Rock and Kevin Hart in uh, Jumanji Two. Real quick, two thumbs up. That's it for me. <laughs> Done. And again, I just want to put over the Joker up for four awards. What? what? <laughs> just I just love Quinn's movie review versus yeah. Bay's. You know, it's quick so the to star, the point. So the Star <laughs> Wars, the Star Wars movies. So we're looking up, and we wanted to do this. <laughs> well, no, I. Andrew's like, get over the Star Wars movies. <laughs> But so we were talking earlier about the top movies of the decade. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're wrapping up not only 2019, wrapping up a decade and talking about Going the top into the movies. Twenties out of the top out of the top 20 movies of the 2010s. Uh, the Force Awakens was number one. Uh, the sauce unadjusted domestic gross <laughs> totals. Okay, Force Awakens was number the Force Force Awakens. <laughs> the Force Awakens was number one. Um, the Last Jedi was number seven. Now that movie got to number seven because they had Mark Hamill back, and everybody's like, "Holy shit, Luke Skywalker's back!" And then they ended up sucking. Yeah, yeah. Bad. they had the tease. So the showing, yeah, stinks. So, so showing, so saying it was number seven, not saying it was a good movie. Uh, Rogue One was number ten, um, and yeah, so I mean they had. Uh, 
the the last Jedi number seven, Rogue One number ten. So yeah, out of the out of those uh, those handful of movies, um, they were the top films of 2010. Now some of the other ones like Han Solo, that story didn't make the top ten. But Han Solo was a victim. It came out after the Last Jedi. People were like fuck these movies. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> but uh, a lot of uh, Quinn, you'll be happy to know that a lot of Marvel movies, uh, Avengers Endgame was the second highest uh, domestic grossing movie Behind of the, the 2010s. The um, Black Panther was number three. <laughs> Avengers Infinity. War was number four jurassic world number five another marvels the avengers at number six uh, the last jedi at number seven incredibles and lion king at eight and nine so some kids movies came in in the top 10 well that's how they got to make their money you know those studios gotta put that stuff out there so they can stay afloat because mm-hmm. let's be honest hollywood doesn't exactly have the greatest track record it'll be like losing money losing money losing money uh, boom! Comic book movie makes us rich. Holy Fast shit, and the Furious you know makes us rich. Well, you know what? MCU, I'm looking, looking at I'm MCU looking at, doesn't lose money because that's all they produce. That's what I'm saying. Movies. Those are the guys but who I'm make the money. At, you know what's interesting? Quinn? I'm looking at the top, Disney doesn't the top lose money. twenty films of the 2010s. Holy shit! Is there anything that's like a standalone movie? No, it's not. There's the Star Wars, Avengers, Marvel, 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 even Mad Max, Incredibles, Road, Lion the greatest King, movie of the decade, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Finding Dory, Toy Story, you Captain like Marvel, Hunger Games, uh, Wonder Woman. These Best are all DC superhero ever. movies. That being said, um, we also wanted to go over real quick the the top movies of the decade by year. Um, 2010 was Toy Story. 2011 was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, uh, one of Andrew's favorites. Uh, 2012 was Marvel's The Avengers, so the first Avengers movie. Um, 2013 was Hunger Games Catching Fire. Pass. Um, 2014, so the biggest movie of 2014, Quinn, you can appreciate this, was American Sniper, actually. Which is interesting, as like you said, a standalone movie, not a sequel, not related to comic books or... You know anything else? Yes, yeah, so a lot for uh, so when, we, when we look at the top. Yeah, so when we look at the top films of the decade and the top films of the decade by year, uh, American Sniper was the only one that wasn't a movie part of a previous series, a re-release from Disney, um, part of an ongoing story. Because uh, 2015 was The Force Awakens, 2016 was uh, Rogue One, 2017 was The Last Jedi. So for three years in a row, the Star Wars series, Black Panther was 2018, and uh, 2019 was Avengers Endgame. Um, so yeah, a lot of lot of nerdy shit over the last lot of nerdy It's it's actually kind of cool to hear that from 2010 to 2019 of what that series was because you kind of forget, you know, of what was. Avengers, the ago. first Avengers seems like so long it ago. It does seems seem like so long ago. The first ago. Avengers movie was the 90s. No, it was seven years ago. Yeah. Probably Avengers. Well, yeah, the one that started it was Iron Man, and that was 08. 08. I think we all know the Hulk started it. <laughs> Which one? Oh, the one Which with Eric Bana? The, the, the one with Eric Bana or the Ed Lee, Norton? Uh, fine uh, film that it was. Oh, well, you were the dogs, it did, the, hey, the it, dogs it, turtle hey. with Nick Nolte. Hey, it did have the asshole from Ford v. Ferrari in it as mm. the asshole in that movie. God, he did, all yeah. He, that's all he job. does. He shows up for auditions. Hey, do you have a role for didn't, an asshole? Didn't the Hulk yeah. throw the couch out the window and it hit that guy? <laughs> the first one. Yeah, holy shit. He's you know, the, the only thing that would have made that movie better is if Nick Nolte would have had like a forty-four Magnum and would have been shooting it in a hallway and then saying, call for help now! Yeah. <laughs> But so that was uh, that was our decade in movies. A lot of a lot of superheroes movies. A lot of continuations of. Oh God, I I was reading online today that the first Toy Story I didn't even realize came out in the fucking nineties. 
You yeah, it took that? like it took like three or four years to develop. Yeah. Like it no, it's Tim, like, Tim, it's Tim like Allen. Like and Tom Tom Toy Story is like is twenty years old, twenty or twenty five years old. Ninety nine, I think it was. Oh my god, the original Toy Story. It was two thousand. It was two. It was two thousand five or two thousand nineteen. Well, it was the, the year that girl you were dating graduated. What an Andrew? 95. 95. The original 95. Toy Story is going to be. So I was reading a thing online. It was ta- yeah, I was reading a thing online that was talking about um, all the anniversaries coming up in 2020. And one of them was the original. Like, it was kind of this, hey, feel old yet? The original Toy Story is going to be 25 years old. Castaway is like 20 or 25 years oh. old. Like all these things that are turning 20 or 25. Gangster's Paradise by Coolio oh. turning 25 years old. That's- so... Jeez, Dave, way, way to have to do the research yourself. No, I didn't know he had Because Toy up. Story 2 was 99. That. So ah. uh, a good decade in, in movies, I will say. Not uh, as good as 1987, which we still need to cover when we talk about it. 87 was amazing. Do you, guys, do you guys see a lot of movies? Quinn, do you see a lot of movies? Uh, since we've started the podcast, I've, I see more movies. <laughs> Andrew? You mean those moving pictures? Yes. I see them. Dave, are you a movie guy? Yeah, actually, we, uh, me and I Buster think, go quite my, a few. Yeah, so my, my fiance and I don't, neither of us drink. So it's like for Friday nights, it's like, you know, when I was younger, I don't know that I saw a lot of movies. It was always out with the boys and drinking and partying and stuff. And now that neither of us drink, and yeah, movie prices, uh, you know, we we both. They're not that bad, I don't no, think. No, you, you pay 12 bucks for a movie. Tuesday, you say you're a student on Thursday. Or the you first, can just holy do shit, that. Andrew. So the first Senior time. Citizen, we did that the too. First <laughs> time, the first time I went to a movie with Daisha. She the first movie we went to Mrs. She, Oak, Mrs. Oak, uh, Mrs. Future Oak. She busted out her fucking student ID. Now she's eleven years younger than me, mind you. Okay, that a boy. And you say I go for the young ones. <laughs> I didn't say. Look, Andrew, I don't have a problem with you going for younger girls. It was just when we went over your original <laughs> Tinder profile. You're 34, and it was aged like 18 to 23. <laughs> I to make sure they didn't know any better. <laughs> you want to get them when they're still in college. Uh, so, uh, speaking of girls who are 18, me. 18 to 23, uh, one thing we were going to do, and we've gotten away from doing this here, is uh, we've gotten away from... Bad relationship advice. Bad gotten away. We just were advice. waiting for the Bad right time. Bad relationship advice. Uh, Quinn, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say, or how bad would you say, white girls between the ages of 26 and 33 have, have, have gone out in left field on social media over the course of 2019? Well, let me tell you, Oak, being that I am a social media <laughs> oh, expert. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> being the expert that I am, I will say on a scale of one to five answers, it's getting crazy like a five answer Award. It is. Well, that's funny. He said one to ten, and you went to five answers. Well, that's how we do it on the balance. Multiply it by two. Uh, It's just me going off off script and not remembering that we go off of answers on this. Why do we even have production meetings if you're not going to listen? He was thinking about how lucky he is to have a fiance eleven years younger than him. (laughs) (laughs) Push him in his lucky man. Somebody who could still get us the seal student discount. Student discount. (laughs) God, I hey, felt honey, like what are we doing? Old are I you, felt sweetie? like I felt like such a creep. And for your father, I, <laughs> oh God, I'd pop for that. <laughs> I'd pop so for that. So is uh, prom next week? Or, uh... Uh, yeah, no. Oh shit! But uh, I'll, I'll, sorry, I'll tell you what. Yeah, the, the social no, media. I'll tell you what. Every every year or every few years, there seems to be a trend on social media. What late twenties and early thirties white girls do when they start getting dumped. Um, 
Dumped. <laughs> I love the way when they you start said it. getting dumped. 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 <laughs> in the uh, in the late two thousands, I would say two thousand eight uh. to two thousand ten. The uh, I won't even say meme. The quote, the picture with quotes that women love to post was, "I'm single." And you'll have to be amazing to change that. It was oh. fucking everywhere. You remember that shit, Andrew? It was yeah. fucking everywhere. I'm single, and you'll have to be amazing to change that. Well, I guess that I was can't the even crazy. Talk to you. That was the crazy chick motto of 2008 to 2010. Then around 2010, now I don't know when the fuck Sex in the City aired, when it ended, but apparently there was oh. a quote there. So 2008 to 2010, these bitches were out there posting, oh, I'm single and you'll have to be amazing to change that. So somewhere around 2010, it was maybe hoes as wild as me aren't meant to be tamed. Maybe they're meant to run free until they find somebody as wild as them to run. Whatever. Did they actually bullsh- say hoes? No, they just oh, said okay. women. Uh, I'll, I should try. Andrew, Google the sex in the city quote. So um, the one I thought that uh, was very popular was, uh, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Pretty sure stole, I saw that you just, on a t-shirt you just stole, somewhere. You just stole my fucking thunder. Was that what That's it was? That's what I was rolling into after this is that oh, how you a son, <laughs> of, a son of a bitch uh, so anyhow bitch. after um uh after the the sex in the city uh roam free or Ruined run wild so many what's lives. the quote uh here let's see if i can find the quote um i'm looking for love real love ridiculous inconvenient consuming can't live without each other love oh jesus christ no that they, wasn't it that, oh that wasn't it i'm no, sorry no 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 hey, uh, they say badly that. once shame yeah, on you yeah. fuck me badly twice shame on me <laughs> no that? uh that wasn't uh that wasn't it um they say that until they turn 35 then here we go here we go here we go Maybe some women aren't meant to be tamed. Maybe they just need to run free until they find someone just as wild to run with them. Carrie Bradshaw, complete bullshit. So that's what we had for a couple she years. Looks like then a we foot. had then we had the uh, the whole if you can't handle me at my worst, I'm sorry, you I don't mean deserve do me at my best. It's like every couple of years. White girls between the ages of 26 and about, I don't want to narrow it down to 33, between the ages of like 26 and 37, come up with their quotes that they use to, to justify why shit went sideways in their relationships, um, why they're the way they are. And over the past year, especially <coughs> in the past year or two, um, there's been a lot of crazy young white girls Posting about how it's just, it's just the plan. It's, it's, it's either it's either these bullshit quotes about self worth and look. I like I, the ones I think, where they quote Marilyn Monroe. Look, I think yeah, that got called out a lot. <laughs> She's a there slut, was somebody, not a poet. Somebody somebody <laughs> like made a post about Marilyn Monroe a while ago, and it said if women, young women in the future will use false quotes that I never said to justify their shitty behavior. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but it's I tell you what, and uh, I'm. I'm not the best person to be handing out relationship advice at all, but like a lot of people, it's easier to handle hand out advice than it is uh, than it is to take it. And it's interesting because well, it's me a and, lot more fun. Yeah, so me and my group of friends, I think, are really good at giving each other relationship advice, sound relationship advice. You know, we've all had our ups and our downs in different uh, different types of relationships, whether it be dating, marriages, things like that. And I think when you get a close group of friends who really knows each other. Um, 
you can get pretty good at giving advice. Now to take your own advice is, is probably one of the most advices difficult. I pop one of, yeah, advices. <laughs> to take your own advice is, is probably one of the most difficult things in this world. It's easy to look at a friend and say, Hey, you know what? You should do this, you should do that. But, um, so that all being said, I'm not probably the best person to be giving relationship advice. God knows I've had nope. my fair share of, <laughs> of ups and downs, but this is like, look, it's okay if a relationship doesn't work out. And this goes out again to all you white girls. And I specify white girls cause it seems to be like you, it's not like uh, this is like a reverse racist thing, but it just seems the white girls are the craziest ones out there with all the fucking quotes and shit. It's just the ones we see the most. Yeah. Yeah. We're in Wisconsin, right? Imagine that. But yeah, every yeah, time they go yeah, through, yeah. every time they go through a bad breakup and it's like, it's cyclical and it's so like stereotypical, but these girls do it over and over and over again. They'll find a guy, they'll keep it low key for about three or four weeks. Then they'll start posting a couple pictures together. Then the next thing you know, oh, just when I wasn't expecting it, you know, <laughs> perfect came along. And then it'll be a whirlwind for three or four months. Then they'll be absent from social media for anywhere between two and four weeks. Then will come the barrage of posts about it's time to focus on your own self-worth and worry about you and focus on being a better part of you. Then after that, it's the they somehow decide to bring Jesus into it. <laughs> Look, we can just can can we can can we agree as a society, white girls, to just leave Jesus out of your relationship problems, okay? He because, doesn't care. Look, if you're a religious person, maybe Jesus wants you to do well. But I guarantee there's a lot of shit going on at Saturday night that Jesus didn't have. <laughs> well, in should his I stop plan, the tsunamis in Japan or help Karen out with her relationship? <laughs> yeah, decisions, you know, decisions. The only but thing Jesus wants is the Clemson Tigers to win. And but that it's was like, <laughs> it's evident like, in the post It's like this cyclical thing with all these white girls. And then they post all the motivational shit. I'm going to focus on myself. And so for 2020, it's just, here's, here's my advice. And they probably, like I said, I'm going to take advice from this guy. Look, before you, Shut there's nothing listen. wrong with posting. There's nothing wrong with posting pictures on social media with somebody that you're dating. It doesn't have to mean anything. You know, people way overthink that. Okay, there's nothing wrong with posting pictures on social media. There's nothing wrong with having fun with somebody. There's nothing wrong with a female. Look, I'm not going to jump into the stereotypes. Look, if you want to run out and bang a bunch of dudes because that's what you find enjoyable at the time or you don't give a shit about a relationship, fine. Go out and do what oh, makes Chad. you happy. But just pump the brakes on the... I've found the perfect guy after two or three months of dating. Because look, the first two, three months, six exactly months, those first year, that shit's easy. You well, know, you, you, you just haven't even to, met the guy. You're as just, the joke goes, you met his representative, yeah, who he wants just, you to meet. It's easy to it's easy to go out and have fun and be on dates and go to dinners and stuff. And like all these girls like want this this storybook TV romance so bad that as soon as they think they found it, they'll they'll be reserved for a little bit. Oh, I'm gonna pump the brakes. And then it's like they open up the floodgates with, the, oh, he's the most perfect man, and he's this and he's that and everything I ever wanted. And then we all know when shit goes sideways because you just go fucking social media silent for three months. And then instead of coming back and admitting you made a bad decision or something went wrong or maybe shit just didn't work out, then again, you dive into all the stupid, oh, God has a plan for me. And look, I'm, I don't want to get into a religious thing here, but if you really think 
that God's plan was for you to date seven fucking dudes in one year and tell the whole world you were in love with five of them. I got a fucking spoiler alert for you. That wasn't God's plan. So leave Jesus out of your shitty decision making. And yep, if you are a religious person, maybe you believe the ups and the downs is just part of finding who you need to find. The old rascal flats. God blessed the broken road that meant led me to you. Like I had to go through some shitty spots. But a lot of your ups and your downs don't have to do with any plan. It just has to do with your decision making. You know, I, I saw a girl post a really interesting thing. A girl, it was funny because there's a girl, a girl that I know. Andrew doesn't care. Andrew's just trying to pick up 22 year olds on Tinder. Well, it's because they um, send him all those nudes. Yeah, Jesus, we're not going to get into that. Uh, it's just fucking just make sure you're ID in these chicks, Andrew. <laughs> Last thing we need is oh, a, a local podcast member arrested. <laughs> That'd be but, great. You know, but, some of these ladies quoting Jesus, I'm not so sure they read the Bible as much as they claim to, because if they did, I don't think they'd be saying Jesus has a plan for him, because if you actually read the Bible, no, I don't claim to be an expert, but uh, I don't think they would be in the situations they were in if they were actually they, following it. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, That's a it, good point. You that wouldn't is exactly a really be good as empowered as you uh, think. Right. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, right, right, right. So, like, <laughs> okay, we don't get too much into the Bible, but Quinn, you bring up an interesting point if the bible says abstinence from sex until you're married and you're like i rolled through 17 dudes in 2019 but it's all part of jesus's plan i got news for you (laughs) sweetheart there was no part of jesus's plan that included what you've done and i'm not even judging like i said look it's it's almost 2020 this isn't the days of you know a dude sleeps with 20 people and he's a stud and a girl sleeps with 20 people and she's a skank that's not what we're saying anymore nobody gives a shit about that all i'm saying is that if you're gonna if that's the behavior you're gonna partake in just fucking own up to it you know and i just i just feel like moving then forward here's my actual when you here's my actual here's my actual advice moving forward into 2020 ladies if you want to have fun with a the guy then look for a guy who has qualities that maybe you just want to have fun with if you're looking for a long term relationship you have to look for more substance than just what's on the surface i can't tell you how many times well here was a big thing we saw in 2018 oh he's got to be over 62 and have tattoos oh the, the sixes the, the oh. over 6 feet tall 6 feet tall over six the figure six, income 600 horsepower car well, I believe I it was over six inch cock and uh, six. Dare say six figure income, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're close. Anyhow, there was sixes guy. But uh, look, and I'm not saying you. I uh, look, and I'm not also saying women have to settle. I'm just saying, like, look, set your set your priorities straight. Uh, you know, don't announce it to the entire world that you're madly in love with some guy you just met four weeks ago and have been on three dates with. Look, it, yeah, it might well, be hey, going girls great. Girls used to do that when they were kids and they would write it in their notebook, yeah. future Mrs. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're when they're kids. jump to conclusions. They're kids, and now prom. you have women that are in their 30s <laughs> doing it on social media. And it's just, it's but just social like... Social media is a bad thing, Like, ladies, babe. like, just chill. You don't have... Like, everybody wants to prove on social media that they have this great relationship. Oh, my God, we're so happy. We saw that over Christmas. Like matching fucking pajamas, and I got the perfect gist. And oh, was uh, there a blah, lot blah, of those? Blah. There was, yeah. Actually, oh, my, yeah, my brother, his wife, and two kids—they all wore the elf outfit. Well, once you're married, well, no, it's that's, different. Though. Hey, look, if you're legitimately happy, that's fine. But I think so many women are are out there today, <laughs> either to prove to their friends or to make their ex-boyfriends jealous, and they just have to tell the world about how perfect their relationship is. The endorphin is. rush, man. And they it's want like, that endorphin it's like just rush. Just showing all that shit. Likes. It's all about likes. Getting the likes. Getting that rush. Yeah. I, I, 
so if I have to if I have to wrap up my relationship advice going forward into 2019, it's going to be a couple of things. One, ladies, just pump the fucking brakes on I'm madly in love and I found the best guy in the world until you've been dating for more than three or four months. Again, those first couple months are easy. It's easy to fall in love. It's easy to think somebody is the best thing. You have to you have to get to know somebody before you can start making those claims. Yeah, there's a handful of people love at first sight, but it's probably not you, okay? So just chill on the I found the best guy in the world. And if you do it once, you don't get to do it again in that same calendar year, okay? <laughs> just stop. You can't find the love of your life twice in one year. And the other thing, we're going to start leaving Jesus out of this whole thing. That's my other piece. Leave Jesus out of it. Look, all these girls like, oh, God has a plan for me. And this is just setting me up. And these adversities are setting me up. Look, Jesus didn't want you to bang 17 guys this year. And he certainly doesn't have that plan for you for next year so just leave jesus out of it we you know we don't we don't virgin mary just just (laughs) just own own up to your bad decision making skills if you're making them and just try to learn from it and move forward i'm going to finish up this whole thing with an interesting quote that i read because there's a girl that i'm friends with (laughs) who seems to have the worst luck with guys over and over and over and she's gotten to the point where now she met andrew now she's got no god no now she's talking about Why? she's all over social she's all over social media now talking about how all men are trash right and I'm like that eh. was a hashtag that was going I yeah. do remember like, hearing that so here's a girl who's yeah. like consistently picking like and I'm I'm sitting on the sidelines because I I got no hashtags. I got no horse in this race <laughs> but every time this girl's like post pictures with some new dudes I'm like holy fuck like this is this Wait, is the what? next guy new. he said new this oh, is the okay. one. New. And she's just picking, she's just picking like trash after trash after trash. And, uh, and look, if you're just looking to have fun with these guys and fucking cool, but don't be surprised when, you know, when you find out your girlfriend number 17. Okay. Maybe it's me. But there was an interesting, (laughs) an interesting quote I saw. And, uh, a girl was saying, my friend said to me, I only attract assholes to which I replied, you're an attractive woman. You have all men coming after you. You simply choose the assholes chose poorly ladies moving forward in 2020 try to do a better job if you're looking for some sort of serious relationship and picking guys who aren't complete assholes none of us are fucking perfect i can guarantee you that god knows i am far from perfect like i said it's easier to dish out relationship advice than it is to take it i by no means i have made my mistakes that i will well here at the bad medicine podcast i think we can all safely say we're at least three four steps above the average guy Easily. Easily. But so that's my advice for for 2020, our bad relationship advice. I, I Like I said, I've seen so much, so much, I don't, I don't want to call it trash, but just so much nonsense in 2019, 2019, last few years. And I've seen so many women say 2020 is all about me. 2020 is the year to make it happen. And you know what? I really hope for most people it is. I hope people can make it a great year. It's always a fresh start. Uh, it's always a good opportunity to wipe the slate clean and move forward. But look, just stop making the same mistakes that you've been making year in and year out. Actually focus on yourself. Um, one, of the, one of my favorite people to follow in this whole world on social media is Gary Vee. And one of the biggest things that he says week in and week out, day in and day out, is care less about what everybody else around you thinks. And I honestly think from a relationship standpoint, and I'm not, we're not, as Quinn would like to say, we're not breaking any ground here, guys. <laughs> we're not breaking any ground. 
everybody likes to make it look like the, the, you know their their relationship is perfect on Facebook, and I think a lot of that stuff that I was talking about, where you know somebody will date for three months and say we're so in love, it's because you want everybody else to to, to see to, it, to see it, yeah. and to think. You want to keep look, up with the Joneses? It's keeping up with the Joneses, absolutely. And and in fact, Andrew, thank you very much. Gary V just brought up. He actually used that term. He said, "Fuck." He's been listening to me. Yeah, he said, Andrew, <laughs> Gary V. He's been listening to Andrew. And by the way, go listen to sign up on TikTok uh, and go listen to Andrew. But. No, but no, one of the things that he talked about is keeping up with the Joneses and uh, the Joneses, the Joneses, the Joneses. And I honestly think if people focus on yourself, again, not breaking any ground here, but don't compare your behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reel. And a lot of times we see that on social media. Even myself, I'll be the first one to say, look, I have people, oh, you get to travel and you get to do this and you get to do this. Look, I'm like everybody else. I've got my ups and downs. Everybody looks at Andrew. Like, Andrew, you've got a brand new forerunner. You date the most beautiful women in the world. Like, how could you ever want for more? Look. And Andrew, look, Andrew's got things he's working on too. You know, his, his decorations. Dave for still one. can't do a segue to save his fucking life. You know? I choose to. Dave. I try talking New about social media. I try talking about social media to Quinn. He brings up fucking MySpace. We've all got shit we need Eyes to work just on. Just over. We all got shit <laughs> we need to work on for 2020. But if you're gonna post stuff that says you're gonna work on you, work on you for real. Don't work on the image of you that everybody else has on social media actually work on you. Uh, I'm, I'm betting you'll be a much happier person when 2021 rolls around. That's my, uh, that's my bit. Life Friends becomes of the podcast. Li- well, uh, <laughs> five, blah, blah, blah. thank you, Dave. There's Dave's still segway. Just segwaying you yeah, off. Cut you off, Quinn. <laughs> Friends of the podcast. If you have investment questions and you live in the Fox Valley, Look up Ian Gager at Northwestern Mutual Life. Fellas and ladies, planning for your retirement is no joke, and all it takes is 15%, and you don't have to eat cat food in your 70s. Let me tell you, save your money and get yourself some financial peace of mind. Look up Ian Gager, Northwestern Mutual Life. Mr. Oak, any friends? Uh, Yeah, always big shout out to S-Force Watches. Uh... Christmas holiday stuff for 2019 wrapping up 35% off the classic watches until December 31st. Guys, that sale is wrapping up real fast, but there's going to be big things coming in 2020 that I can guarantee you. Uh, Looking forward to seeing everybody at the LA Fit Expo. We're probably going to, I said, we're not. S-Force is going to be out there. I'm probably going to be out there working on some Uh, last travel arrangements. Yeah, we'll be there. We need to start having a bad medicine podcast booth at these big fitness expos. Uh, you know, we should plan on C2E2 or the Arnold just throwing that I don't know there. what we would do with our booth, actually. We could do like a oh, kissing sweetheart. booth with Andrew. We're making music videos. You'd be perfect for it. <laughs> oh, God. No, Anyhow, everyone has an look opinion. Look how many I got. Anyhow, <laughs> check, check out sforcewatches.com. Like I said, some big sales. Uh, you got a couple more days to take advantage of those for 2019. And also going to be some new things coming for 2020, including some new styles. So check that out. Also, Muscle Sport, big holiday sales wrapping up. You know... We're in the fitness industry. We're going to have some big stuff coming at you for 2020, so make sure to check out those sales as well. That's musclesport.com. You only got one life. Make the best of it. Only got one life. Make it last. And also, you know, maybe buy a, a Peloton bike. Or at least a, uh, what was the one Chuck Well, Norris the Nordic track the, the is the total 20. body. Look, the total. Oh, hey, I'll tell you Bull what. Flux. Experience Fitness had a total gym. The total like gym. Like a high-end total was. gym. That thing wasn't that bad. I'm not going to bullshit. And that's coming from somebody who's got a lot of uh, experience in weight training. A total gym, if oh, you know yeah. how to exercise, they're actually pretty cool. 
Well, there we go. This was the final, <laughs> yeah. final <laughs> podcast of the year. Here's a guy. 2019, great year. We're looking forward to bigger, better things in 2020. So for the Appleton Oak, man of a thousand poses, you know my guy to my right, Mason Quinn, Diamond Dave to the left. I am the answer, and good night now. Hey, what's up? It's the ODB, and you're listening to the Bad Medicine Podcast. Bye!